Welcome this morning to Grove Park United Methodist Church. My name is Terry Christensen. I'll be your worship guide today. Um, I have a few announcements that I'm just now looking at because I've been running around talking. Susan Stoffer's not here, so I had to do it in her, in her stead. Uh, Angel Tree Christmas, reminder, those gifts purchased for Angel Tree need to be brought to the church today. Uh, include your tag with that. Uh, what is this? Thank you, church, for 40 gently used or new coats that were collected for Groveport Human Needs. Free Friday is this coming Friday at our church, December 16th, 5 to 7. Donations are happily accepted, and please pass the word. There will be milk, bread, eggs, and various other items. Blessing box items are needed, so just keep that in mind when you're out grocery shopping. And Kroger right now has 20% off of your holiday purchase. I got that last night, so they will ask you about that. Uh, family Christmas fun event. So that is coming next, this coming Saturday, December 17th. There will be family caricatures by a professional artist, Steve Campbell, from Fun Faces. He will be here. Um, crafts. What else are we doing? We're going to eat cupcakes, it says. All sorts of stations for the little ones to enjoy. Um, Oh, and at the end, you're all going to come up here for a retelling of the Christmas story, audience participation. So if you come, you might be a shepherd or you might be an angel. Margie, here's your chance. You can be an angel. If you come, yeah, they're going to turn. They're just going to read the story and grab people and make characters. It should be lots of fun. Uh, our meeting for the de de denominational decision um, will be on January 8th. Is that Sunday? Yeah, Sunday, January 8th. At 6 p.m. in the sanctuary, you must be a member to vote, and you must be in attendance to vote. So I don't have any more um, announcements other than that. So we will now turn our attention to the lighting of the candle and the carrying in of the cross as we prepare our hearts for worship. Please listen to the prelude.
for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. You may be seated. At this time, we will ask the Brobst family to come forward this morning for the lighting of the Joy Advent candle. Good morning. Make sure they're all ready. I'm going to read today from Matthew 2, verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Today we light the third candle of Advent, the candle of joy. The first candle reminded us of hope. The second candle reminded us of peace. The third candle this Advent season is of joy. The joy of Mary bearing God's son, the joy of God in the giving of God's own self, the joy in our hearts as we receive the gift once more. May the light of hope, peace, and joy bring, burn brightly in our hearts all of our days. Let us pray together the prayer found on the screen and in our bulletin. O day spring and sun of righteousness, Come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. O kings of nations, their desire that binds them in one, come and save those whom you formed of clay. Amen. go to the Lord in a time of prayer. I do always want to mention to you that we do have an opportunity for you to send your prayer request in at prayer at groveportumc.org. Hopefully you take advantage of that and our prayer group would love to pray for you. I do want to turn your attention also to the printing of the bulletin and those prayer requests that are sent there. Before we get to that though, there is a little something we need to talk about and that is there's a certain football game that's going to be played here very shortly with two teams, all right? And, and here's how I think this should go. I mean, we have two options. Uh, that's right. <laughs> we have two options. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, you didn't know. You didn't know. You know. You were close. <laughs> so we have option. For those that don't know, I am a University of Georgia graduate, and uh, I'm an alumni and proudly uh, cheer for my Bulldogs. And uh, obviously, being in uh, this state, there may be some other fans that are cheering for other teams as well. And uh, option number one is that we can uh, totally ignore it and pretend like it doesn't happen and continue on with church services as normal. I get the feeling that's not what you want to do as the people have talked to me. Uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to fully embrace this this year. We're just going to go for it, right? And so uh, not only are we going to have some fun with it and have some good times, um, we're going to do some, some different things. Just to let you know, the, the, everybody was telling me, they're like, Pastor, the, the week before the game, the Sunday before, we got to do like a bunch of stuff and we got to make it all fun. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's Christmas day. <laughs> The Sunday before. So 
You can still do that, but we'll probably downplay it on that Sunday a little bit. But the Sunday afterwards, right, uh, let, let's make a little, you want to make a little uh, a wager here, right? All right? So um, I do have some Ohio State gear, right? So if Ohio State wins, we're going to deck it out. We're going to do some OHIO, all that good stuff. We'll have some fun that Sunday. I expect uh, you need to help me out with some decorations, church up here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and if Georgia wins, I don't expect you to go get a Georgia t-shirt, but you got to wear red that's not Ohio State. That's, that's Sunday. Oh, yeah. That is the Georgia G, yeah. That's right. So you can, you can come and have some fun uh, that Sunday, and we'll have a good time. And uh, your pastor may be crying, but it's all good. We'll have a good service anyways. That's right. You should. You should. Yeah, absolutely. So bring, bring tissue boxes for me that day. We'll see. As uh, we do continue on, do have some other great news to, uh, it's uh, less maybe fun, but also just great news as well that uh, we want to celebrate here today. Uh, first of all, um, Magnus Jusu, who we all know in the back is our custodian, uh, we started the immigration process last year to bring over his wife and his son. Um, and they kind of, just so you know, the immigration process sees them differently. It processes both of them in different times. Uh, we just got news, though, uh, and Magnus got a letter saying that his wife, Mabel, is approved. Yeah. And so that's an answer to prayer. Uh, there is some time that has to happen with visa processing and things like that, and so it's not quite ready. You know, we, they're not ready to get on an airplane, bring over quite yet. But uh, it does appear that all the hurdles are going to be crossed, and, you know, all the I's will be dotted and all that stuff. And so at some point, Mabel will be coming. And, um, you know, Magnus, uh, I'm just so happy for you, man, because... As many of you know Magnus's story, it's been like 16, 17 years since they got to live together. And um, to have this time where we were able to put you guys back together and uh, know that you have a family and a way to provide for yourselves uh, is, is just tremendous. And we're excited for you, my friend. Uh, we also have some other celebrating to do. Uh, we had a great cookie sale, as we mentioned before. And uh, I don't know if there's any cookies left downstairs. Anybody know by any chance? Might be a few. All right. So if you need a cookie, go check it out downstairs after the service. But we had a great cookie sale. And we also want to celebrate, as many of you know, uh, Melinda Reynolds will be uh, uh, leaving us as far as uh, she's, you know, having a second child and it's just to do an office assistant gig. It just doesn't make sense with the price of daycare and all that. So she's going to be uh, leaving us. Her last day is going to be December, Monday, December the 19th. So just a week from tomorrow. So if you get a chance this week to stop by, wish her well and all those good things, uh, she would really appreciate that. Uh, with that, we did have the opportunity to, to uh, put out some feelers and we had some great applicants come and apply for the position. But I do want to announce to you here today on behalf of the SBRC, and, and I have Elaine who's up in a kids' junior church today, uh, that we have made a hire. And uh, you know this person well. Our hire is uh, Nancy Wilkerson, our organist pianist. So, yeah. <laughs> um, just so you know, she's uh, retiring from her position, and uh, there's kind of a, a little overlap that maybe kind of uh, you might have to come talk to me to get something in the bulletin. But uh, by, uh, by February, we'll be all set, and Nancy will be officially uh, in the position uh, for, for real. So, Not retired, sorry, yeah. She's not retiring from the organist position. She's retiring from other positions in her, her work. Yeah, sorry, uh, her, her normal career job. Uh, but she'll still be our organist pianist, correct. Yeah, sorry. Thank you for that clarification. I didn't even think how that could be interpreted. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we have a lot to celebrate here, and we're excited for that uh, as well. We do want to mention uh, as well, we do have Premier Bulletin, the, uh, the sympathies we want to have for the families, especially uh, the Dreher family as they continue to mourn. We also want to uh, lift up the Martin family. Uh, there is a graveside service tomorrow. All are welcome to come to that. It will be, uh, as the family has requested, to be short and sweet, but you are welcome to come. It's going to just be at 11 a.m. right here in Groveport Cemetery. 
Uh, and so you can come find us there, and we'll, we'll be uh, saying uh, some, some words about Anne that day. Uh, there is going to be a, a bereavement meal for the family afterwards, and so if you're available to help, uh, I know there's some people you can get a hold of uh, and uh, ask for that as well to, uh, to see how you can help out. Correct, yes, and yeah, I should mention that too. So calling hours of this afternoon, I believe it was 4 to 6 off the top of my head, or 4.30, to Okay, I'm totally wrong. That was the other, that was the other uh, uh, um, funeral that we did. So 2 to 4 is actually the calling hours this afternoon. Uh, and that will be here in Groveport at Myers Woodyard, yes. We also want to mention to you other prayer concerns that we have here today. Uh, we do want to lift up one that didn't make the bulletin, Sandy Preston. Her daughter, Christy, is uh, in life support right now. So we do want to lift her up at this time. Um, we had some good response to medicine just the other day, but Sandy, we're praying for you, your family, and of course, Christy as well to come out of this and do well. We do want to lift up uh, Duke Vermeer uh, the, and family as well. He's having bladder surgery on the 19th and some pre-op testing before that that needs to happen. We want to lift him up. And then we also want to lift up, uh, I heard that Keith Babbert, I heard your mom was in the hospital. So uh, don't know much more detail other than that, but we are praying for her and, uh, and her swift recovery as well. You see our other prayer concerns that are mentioned there. We always want to lift them up, as well as those concerns, uh, oh, not concerns, but those in long-term care, as well as those in long-term military service you see printed there as well. We lift each of those names up here today in this time. Finally, just want to mention uh, the altar rail is open, so you can come down and meet with God in a special way. With all that being said, let's now go to the Lord in a time of prayer. Jesus Christ, in whom is the author of our perfection, the one Lord who's come to save us and brought death for us from death to life. God, as we're here this morning, we're so thankful to be your people. And remember this great story of you coming to this earth, being born as a babe, living amongst us and growing up, living a sinless life. When the time was right, you taught in parables and other teachings us the ways of the kingdom. And Lord, on the night in which you gave yourself up for us, you paid the penalty of our death by dying on the cross. And Lord, as we're here today, we remember the great resurrection, we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit, we remember the church, 
and its teachings that have come down to us thousands of years later. And Lord, once again, we stand in your presence. We're so thankful to be children of God, redeemed by your sacrifice for us. As we hear God, we once again proclaim that love and declare it among all the nations. May it ever be present in our minds, ever dwelling inside of us, ever in our hearts, that no matter what arrow comes our way, no matter what flame we have to walk through, that God, we would be strengthened by the strength of all strengths. As we hear God, we do come to you and celebrate this great story once again. And Lord, even though many of us have had many years of Christmas and many opportunities to celebrate, may this year be fresh and new. Once again, we marvel at this little babe born in a manger and just be overwhelmed with awe at the great wonder of who you are. How much is your love for us? God, as we're here today, we do once again come and lift up the burdens of this world and bring them to your throne. Lord, we know that in so many of these situations, there's very little that in our own hands we can do or the people that we pray for can do on their own. We need your power. We need your grace. And so, Lord, we do lift up those here today that grieve. May, Lord, those who miss their loved ones, may they once again have a, a peace upon their souls, like a dove settling on their shoulders that helps them get through these times. May, Lord, they be surrounded by family and loved ones to continue on life's journey. And remember the loved ones that have passed away. God, as we hear, we also remember those who are sick, those who have surgeries, those who are recovering from procedures, those who have been given bad news by the doctors. Lord, all those who just suffer and don't know why, but don't feel well. We pray for each of these. May you bring healing to each and every single one of them. And even in those ways, Lord, where your will is for us to endure, may once again, God, we have strength for the journey. That even in our weakness, your strength could be proclaimed. Even in the face of darkness, we would still choose to do good for others. Lord, as we're here today, we do pray for our world. We pray for those who are going through hard times. We pray for those who need financial help. We pray for those who are looking for jobs. We pray for those who have been torn apart from their family. We pray for the wars that go on in our world. We pray for the refugees. We pray for our first responders. We pray for the leaders of the world. We pray for the leaders of the church. God, in all these things, may you be glorified and may we always seek you. Seek to uplift one another. Do what we can to build a good life, not only for us, but for our neighbor as well. Finally, God, in all those ways in which we feel division in our world, may you unite us under your banner. God, we can be made whole and healed once again. As we hear, God, we do pray once again that your church would remain strong and that always we proclaim this great story, the story of Jesus Christ coming to us. Finally, God, we pray for those who come here this morning seeking your special touch. May, Lord, they know that you are with them. May you answer every prayer that they have. And that, God, may they be glorified, may you be glorified, that is, by how you work in their life. Be upon these prayer concerns we bring to your altar every week. And finally, God, we pray for ourselves. Make us a holy sanctuary, pleasing in your sight. Finally, God, we pray that prayer that marks us as your Father. So we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but 
Deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. So time in our service now for tithes and offerings. We have uh, several different ways you can give back to the church. <clears throat> we have an offering plate in the back of the church. You can drop an envelope in. Um, on Sundays, you can mail a check to the church at 512 Main Street in Groveport. Um, you can access our online giving program through our Ezekiel uh, program. And the, for those of you watching online, we now have a QR code that will be on a lot of our um, information that we send out that you're, you'll be able to access um, our giving program through that. So, will you please stand for the doxology? Receive these generous offerings and use them to spread your joy in our world. Amen.
Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. The Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Good morning. Hello to those online. Hello to you as well. Great to be in worship with you here today. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Pastor Jonathan Mann, and uh, if you're wondering, that pastor preaches in walking boots or hiking boots, and he's going to sit on a stool in just a minute. That's because I have a broken toe, just so you know. So <laughs> We're still getting over that. It's about two weeks in, so we're getting past that, but we're doing well, doing well. Thanks for asking all those the people that have been checking in on me. Uh, my uh, NFL career is on hold, but... We'll get there one of these days, yeah. That's right. Well, as we're here today, uh, we are finishing a sermon series. Woo! Woo! Yay! So, as we're here, uh, alas, again, all good things must come to an end. And we've been doing a sermon series um, called Our Needed Savior. And basically, the idea behind it has been is what are some of those big, huge things that really matter the fact that Jesus came to this earth? I mean, life-altering things that no one else really can truly provide other than Jesus in our life. And so the first week we looked at guilt and how Jesus not only has the power to forgive sins, but freely does so and loves to do such things. And we talked about how Jesus can forgive us of the guilt that we may have in our life. We also looked last week at the shame idea and how in our world, especially how many times shame is put upon us, that ultimately there's only one person whose opinion really matters, and that's God's. And ultimately in our life, because Jesus has come, we know what God has told us to do, and we can walk with God in our days. And then today, we're going to be looking at one final thing I wanted us to look about, and that is this idea of purpose. Purpose. Now, if you sit there, I see some of you having your puzzled faces, and that's because uh, you may not be doing what I'm going through in my life. Um, I'm 41 years old, and um, I didn't know you could do this, but I decided to go ahead and get my midlife crisis out of the way. I don't know if any of you all like, chose to have it, but I, I was like, oh, let's just do it. go ahead and do this. And so uh, I've been looking at my life and thinking, oh, you know, there's probably like more time behind me than ahead of me. And I thought, huh, I should probably take some time to reevaluate my life and just think of, not reevaluate, but just evaluate that my life that is and just see, like, are the things that matter really what I'm doing, right? Or are there a bunch of things that really, I think, in my daily life matter, but they're really not. So I've been going through this and thinking through and, no, I didn't buy a Corvette, but if anybody happens to have one, let me know for sale. No, just kidding, uh, as we're here. But um, so I've been going through this and I've been thinking about this idea and how powerful it is, the idea of having Purpose. Let me really think about it. It's a powerful thing to have purpose, meaning in your life, that your life, you believe that something is actually amounting to something in your life and actually going somewhere and doing something with your life. I've been really struck by this because, you know, what has I been thinking in my midlife crisis, I just kind of had this thought of, and especially with the sermon series, this thought of, well, what if I wasn't, what if Jesus hadn't come, Right? What if, what if I didn't believe Jesus was actually God in flesh, came, born in a manger, lived amongst us, and, you know, the whole story about dying on the cross, rising again, forgiving sins, and all this story. 
You know, one, I wouldn't be a pastor, right? That's pretty much given, right? One could safely assume. But I thought about, like, just otherwise. What would, what would be going on in my life? And I, I came to this conclusion. I was like, you know what? I would have no purpose in life. You think, really? And I go, yeah, I, really. Because I started thinking about it. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but um, this is going to be a, a, a fun little experiment. Is I started thinking about one of the things I love to do is learn about science and stuff, and especially how the world works and the cosmos works and what we think is happening in, in the world and where things are heading in the universe and all these different things. And so I always keep tabs on it. And my phone always gets pinged with my little, you know, stories that come up. And it's always like, you know, some of you probably get like, you know, political stuff or like football stuff. I get like, here's when the world is going to end, you know, button or like all those type of things. And so I get all these little funny things about what science is saying. And, and this uh, last week, one that caught my eye was, was this idea is that, um, hey, you know the earth? We think of it kind of just rotating and doing its thing and having water and doing all this stuff for, you know, a long time. Um, Oxygen is going to end in about a billion years on Earth, right? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you, know, I'm, you know, you always read about, like, super volcanoes that spend so much stuff into this atmosphere that nothing on, no plants can survive because the sun won't get to them. Or you hear about asteroids coming and hitting the Earth and destroying it. And it was basically saying, no, it's actually pretty much a foregone conclusion that all things are basically saying to us that as the sun gets brighter, burns its energy, it's actually getting brighter and more intense. And the effect that's going to have on the Earth is that in a billion years, CO2 can't exist. It's going to wipe it basically away, and then therefore nothing is going to take CO2, turn it into oxygen, and everything that relies on oxygen is gone from the Earth. I was like, oh, happy holidays. Thanks for, thanks for that. Yeah. And then, of course, I was reading more lately also about other things. I was like, oh, by the way, if for some reason we figure that problem out, uh, the sun's going to be intense enough that liquid water can't exist two, a billion years after that. So in two billion years, no water on Earth, period. And then, of course, as you read, the sun may get big enough to even envelop the earth if you go long enough out there, right, and far enough out there. And then I was reading about, okay, so we've got to be like inter interstellar species, right? We've got to go out and like, you know, figure out some way to get beyond our solar system. And then, of course, you read like our sun and all the rays it sends and all the bad stuff that, you know, rips through our DNA and like destroys us. That's the good stuff. You get outside our heliosphere where the sun's rays hit the cosmic rays of the universe, that stuff just rips organic life to shreds, right? And you go, huh. That's fantastic. And then, of course, there's the next problem of the most science that we have right now basically says that uh, all entropy wins. Basically, that all energy is going to be spent. It's going to go dark. It's going to get really cold. And almost next to absolute zero, the Earth, is, the world, is just, the universe is just going to be dead and vacant and dark. And I was you know, reflecting on all this, and I go, oh, I feel sad. <laughs> right? And maybe you do too, right? Because it's like, this is our best knowledge that we know so far. Now, we're always learning things. Maybe things are you know, going to end up being different and all that stuff. But this is our best guess at what's going on and what's going to happen to our planet, what's going to happen to the universe, and all these different things based on what we know. And if you're like me, I suddenly realize very quickly there's not a lot of purpose if that's the end. With anything we do in our life now, it really doesn't matter at all. Like, we are a fleeting glimpse of vapor in the grand scheme of the universe, and no matter what we think we're doing, matters absolutely nothing at all compared to that fact. And I began to really wrestle with the idea of like, well, wait a minute. I would, if I wasn't, didn't believe in God, like if I didn't believe Jesus Christ came, I don't know what I'd do with my life at all. Because nothing I did would matter. At least that's how I felt. Maybe you'd feel differently, but that's how I felt. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, happy holidays. Woo! 
let's go party, right? Because there's nothing else that matters, right? (laughs) Seriously, it's just a fleeting, meaningless existence for all of us. And no matter what we think, changes we think we can make in society, no matter what scientific experiment we can come up, unless we can keep the whole universe from going dark and cold, it's all moot point anyways, right? Now, of course, if you believe in God, God created it all in the first place. He can recreate it again. Or he can reform it again, right? God's not going to be limited by that at all. And so actually some of those things that we learn in science may not be as scary as we think. And furthermore, if not only God, there was a God out there that created it, but that God isn't just aloof to our existence, but actually cares about the creation itself. And if that God actually cared about humanity in such a way that he actually made humans in his image, and actually not only made humans in his image, but even when those image-bearing people spurned God's attention and affection and went on their own way, that God didn't give up on those people. In fact, came, put on flesh and blood, came to the earth to find them and bring them home for any who would hear the message and accept it. And that same God would come and even pay the penalty for our sins die on the cross, rise again, and once again, invite us to come and experience eternity with him. And the tremendous love that he offers all of a sudden. Jesus matters, right? I mean, in the grand scheme of the two options that I laid before us just a minute ago, Jesus matters a ton. And the purpose that he's given each of us, you and I, is tremendous. How do we know that God exists? How do we know that God has come to this earth? How do we know that God's not aloof? How do we know that God has made humanity his image? How do we know that God is still for us and not against us because of the person of Jesus Christ who came to find us? Now, if you're not a believer per se here today, maybe those watching online, you're just kind of curious and things like that. The one thing I would just encourage you to think about is this is, if you think that's a crazy message, it gets even crazier. And that is, not only do we believe that Jesus Christ was this as Christians, and and that Jesus Christ was divine, but we believe that he's still around. He's still living on the throne, and that the Holy Spirit's been given to us, and that this isn't something that you can just, that you just happily, just hopefully wish in, that you can actually know God is alive, because God will live in your heart if you come to him. It's an amazing thing. It's tremendous love that changes you from the inside out and pours out, to all the lives around you where you just want to share the good news that, hey, death and end and coldness and just entropy doesn't win, that, hey, there's a greater story. There's a great story for you and for I. What I love about our scripture today is that not only did God come and redeem us and do these things, but God gave us a task. And it's right there in Scripture, right in front of us. And the purpose is right there laid out at the very end of Matthew and many top places in other parts of Scripture as well. But as the Gospel writer Matthew records in the Great Commission, once again, Jesus gets up, and the very last things he says in the book of Matthew is these words to those around him. All authority and in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always, until the end of the age. 
I began to think about midlife crises. I began to think of the purpose God's given me. Guess what? It's not just for me. It's for every believer out there. The purpose is to not only be found by God and be transformed by his love, but his purpose is for you to share that love with others so that others would accept it for themselves as well. And in fact, if you think of Jesus' life, you think about what he did and how he, how he made disciples, sometimes we make this out to be a hard thing, right? We think of, like, do I have to give up, give altar calls, or do I have to get on a megaphone and preach or what? No, 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 no. Think about Jesus and his life. How did he make disciples? He gathered people around to walk with them, to live with them. By the way he lived his life, by the way he treated others, by the way he invited people, and by the way he showed love to those who didn't deserve it, they themselves were transformed. And they, those disciples, those 11 disciples, they followed him, even unto death even under persecution. And once Jesus had gone up to heaven and and sat at the right hand of the Father and gave the disciples this mission, he told them, I'm with you always, to the very end of the age. You know, at churches we're here today, one of the things we can remember is that when Jesus Christ came, he came and gave us purpose. And it's a purpose that no other No other, we can't find it anywhere else in this earth. And the fact that Jesus Christ came and transformed me, transformed me, and have us be his workers in the vineyard, so to speak, make our lives such reflections of God's glory that other people would be led to the glory of Jesus Christ. You know, as we're here today, you can think about those that live around you, those that you come in contact with. You can think about your neighbors, your family, your coworkers. Those that regularly are part of your life. There's your purpose. Right there. Jesus said, go. Make disciples. All people, all nations. You have a purpose, church. You have a purpose. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your love. That's evident here once again. We thank you so much for coming in flesh and blood, and meeting with us. And God, as we come to this holy table, we once again remember that we don't come of our own accord or any deservingness that we have done ourselves. But this table is open to us because of your grace that's freely offered here and now. Lord, for any of us that have gone wayward or many of us maybe that have never once accepted your love for ourselves, may in this moment as your mystery of faith is proclaimed through bread and through juice, may Lord, once again, we understand your love in a deeper way than we ever have and accept it in a deeper way than we ever have again. Lord, thank you for giving us purpose. And Lord, we remember how on the night which you gave yourself up for us, you took bread, you broke the bread, you gave it to your disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this. Remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, you took the cup, gave thanks to the Lord, and gave it to your disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, in these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice 
in union with Christ's offering for us, may it be upon these gifts of bread and wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, that in taking them we may be the body of Christ, broken and given to this world. Lord, by your Spirit, make us one with each other, one in ministry, and one to feast at your heavenly banquet, now and forever. God bless us. We praise your name. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And invite those who are helping with communion to come forward at this time. As they do, just want to have a couple different reminders for you. Uh, first of all, if you're visiting with us here today, just know that you are welcome to this table. Uh, you don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to be a member of our denomination. If you want to meet with Jesus Christ, you're welcome to come and partake in communion here today. Know as you come, uh, how we'll take it is you just come up, rip off a piece of the bread, and then uh, just dip it in the cup, and you'll just take communion that way. We also do have prepackaged elements. If anybody needs those, you're welcome to uh, come and uh, get those as well, and uh, we'll be sure to have those available for you as, as well. With all that being said, let's now go to the Lord and meet at this table.
Thank you for proving your love toward us once again. Amen. Please stand as you're able this morning for our closing hymn, What Child Is This? with us here today. Didn't hear any OHIOs at the end of this sermon, but that's okay. Love you anyways. As we're here today, thank you you for being in worship with us. And as we go, I do want to remind you once again that uh, we have some good things coming up. 
we do have this weekend a good family fun event, a family of all ages. So come on out, have some fun with that this Saturday. Uh, feel free to grab that flyer and put it in someone's hand that you know and make sure they have feel welcome. As well as there was another flyer in your uh, bulletin as well that has our Christmas uh, services on it as far as Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, just a reminder, Christmas Day, there won't be any nursery or and no, uh, it'll be a family thing. So no uh, junior church or anything like that. We're all going to come here and worship as a family on Christmas Day and on New Year's Day as well, even though your pastor might be crying. But <laughs> pray for him. So, uh, and uh, finally, as we're here today, uh, may you go with this blessing. May God, who loves us more than we can imagine, may the God who came in Jesus Christ, because of that, you and I know, beyond a shadow of doubt, that we have purpose on this world, that what we do matters, that what we do echoes in eternity, and that God's love will never let go. May that God go with you now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.